1: Yep. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to the Confessionals. I am your host, Tony Merkel. Thank you for being here. If you've had an encounter or a story you'd like to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionals at com. That's Confessionals at com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the contact section and you can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me, just get a hold of me. If you want to hear more shows every week, we do offer memberships on the website where you get an extra show every Thursday right there on the website. And you also hear all the previous shows that released and all the future shows. So what are you waiting for? Go to the confessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button and become a member today. If you're looking for emergency preparedness food, we got you covered because today's world is crazy and you need to make sure you're taking care of you and your family in case of emergencies, whether it's natural disaster or civil unrest or anything in the middle. If you think that it's important to prepare and make sure you're good to go, go to prepare with the and get. Your emergency supplies today. We offer emergency preparedness food. And if you get a four-week supply, we will knock a hundred dollars off you right there. And trust me, friends, in today's world, you don't know, but an emergency could last a whole year. Let's do this today. We got Jill coming on the show, and Jill actually bought a haunted house knowing it was haunted and that's why she bought it. It's called the Boyd House and she and her husband purchased it because they wanted to research it and they actually let other people come in at night to research it as well. Very interesting situation she finds herself in and she's going to talk about it on today's show. Let's get to Jill right now. All right, Today, we got Jill on the show. Jill, how you doing?
0: Good. How are you, Tony? I'm
1: doing great. So, Jill, we were talking here a little bit, and uh, you're the first person I'm having on the show that bought a, ha- a haunted house on purpose and is doing the interview from the uh, the haunted house. So, uh, this is going to be fun. Oh, yeah.
0: Look, I'm glad I'm the first, though. That's awesome.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, you, when I called you, you said that just before I called you, you guys heard some kind of noise or something. Uh, what was that about?
0: Yeah, um, we'd probably been here maybe about a half hour or so, and I was quick having lunch, got done with that. Um, My husband was still sitting at the kitchen table eating his lunch as I walked through the kitchen into the living room. All of a sudden, there was this really loud bang. Like, I thought he slammed his foot on the floor, you know, and I just turned and looked, and he's like, I didn't do that. And so we were kind of talking. I'm like, well, I thought you did it. Where did you think, where did you hear it from? I said, it felt like it was in this room. And he said, no, I think it was in the room right above us, which would have been the, the main bedroom, which is the one bedroom that uh, they don't really like you going in. So somebody uh, was already letting us know early on today that they're definitely here.
1: <laughs> and they're not happy about you being there, apparently. So
0: <laughs> I, I guess, I don't know why I sure do a lot for them. <laughs> <So>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Ungrateful. Very ungrateful. I know. <laughs> so, uh, Jill, you're a paranormal investigator. You have your own team. So before we get any further into this conversation, I want to make sure, because I forget things half the time. So I want to make sure that I give you an opportunity to kind of tell people who you are, where they can find you and things like that.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah, you can find us, uh, the, the uh, sorry, the paranormal team that I formed back in 2010 is called St. Croix Paranormal. So that's S-T-C-R-O-I-X paranormal.com. You can also find us on Facebook and then, um, for the haunted house, it's the Boyd house. So that's B O Y D, um, house. You can find us on Facebook, um, and our website will link you also to, uh, to the Boyd house as well.
1: So, this Boyd house is going to be a, co- a topic of conversation today, but uh, I want to just start off with maybe some more uh, basics as to one, how did you get involved in, you know, falling in love with the paranormal to the point where you become a paranormal investigator, forming the team? Uh, I know you get, you said that you guys traveled all over the country. So, tell us some of these experiences that you've had as part of the team and where you've guys gone and what you've come across.
0: Yeah, I've, I've always been fascinated by the paranormal since I was a young kid. You know, I don't know just sitting around with my cousins telling ghost stories in the dark. And I actually had my first experience at my grandma's house. You know, I was young, I was probably 10 or less. And I just kind of felt like this, well, I woke up in the middle of the night and I could hear footsteps coming out of this one room that his kids all hated. We always felt like you were being watched and not welcomed. And um, I could, I could just feel it walk and hear it walk down the hallway and it stopped in front of my bedroom And then I felt like this intense, like it was looking through me. And I was really freaked out because I'm a kid. You know, I've really never experienced anything like it. And then you kind of heard it sigh and it turned around and walked back into the room. And in the morning, you know, I got up and uh, asked my parents, which I heard them sleeping in the next room, but they had never gotten up. And my grandma actually sleeps downstairs and I was telling her about it. And she just kind of said, oh, that was probably just a ghost, honey, and he's not going to hurt you. So I thought, my really religious grandma just kind of shrugged it off. I was like, well, this is kind of cool. (laughs) Now now I want to learn more about these things. And that just spiraled into just reading and learning and, you know, never never really thought about becoming an investigator until, you know, you started watching the TV shows and you're like, oh, people can really do this. You know, so then... um, in 2010, you know, just met a great group of people who are all interested in the paranormal and we formed St. Croix paranormal and boy, we just started traveling all over the U S to well-known haunted locations. Um, just doing investigating, trying to prove, you know, the existence of ghosts. And, and I think with a lot of our evidence, we've captured, uh, quite a bit of that to prove that.
1: So, um, with traveling all over the country and, you know, investigating well-known haunted locations. Uh, the Like what was the very first time that you went to a place and you're doing an investigation and you're like, holy crap, I actually got something like, you know, that, that wow factor, like, you know, there's a lot of times you, you're doing something in life and you're trying and it's just not turning up. And all of a sudden it works. And you're like, wow, that actually worked. And uh, did you ever have one of those experiences? Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. We've had that boy several times. Um, I guess like the first, like our very first overnight investigation, I mean, we had done like local businesses and private homes, but this was like our first location that we traveled to was the Velisca X murder house. And we had the REM pod going off. So that was really cool. And that was like the first time in all of our investigating that we've ever had the REM pod ever go off. Um, and then we had like, we would hear footsteps, and we would have rocks being thrown at us, um, like through the grates from upstairs. You'd hear little pebbles and they ting, ting, ting. And then it was, just, it was just crazy, the experiences we had that night, and just a feel, um, the feels that you would get. I know it was like overwhelming sadness when I was up in the room where the kids were, where they were murdered, and just looking how close the parents' room were, And all of a sudden, I just, this impending sadness came over me. Like, I've never felt sadness like that before. And I had tears in my eyes. So that was a really crazy experience to get on those investigations. But when we came back from that, the EVPs we got were the most incredible EVPs we have ever captured, even to this day, excuse me, because. They were like the kids actually talking to each other and actually used their names. Um, so Lena was one of the girls who died there. And you could hear the older boy say, no, Lena, no, like she was going to do something. And he was telling her not to do that. Um, you heard another little boy like, I want to touch your things because we had all these toys out and we're trying to interact. And uh, they actually were talking to each other. So we got one that says, you want to play? And the other one said, no way. So we were just like, Lord, when we got those EVPs it was just just amazing and phenomenal
1: uh, I can imagine I can imagine do you ha- I, wait, I should have asked you this before we start recording but do you happen to have those handy where you could email them to me and I could play them on the show
0: um, not right now. I don't, but I can later. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, if i not at
1: home. Yeah. If you, if you, I figured that. Um. If you send them to me and stuff, I'd love to maybe try working them into the actual recording here, or maybe even after the episode, play them or something like that. But uh, yeah. It's. I mean, when you hear stuff like that on recording, we've had a couple things even with this show. I remember. I think the first time that really kind of caught me back was um. I. I was talking to a guy, and he was talking about his experiences in this house. And uh, his phone line just went dead. And so I called him back. And when I when he answers, he's talking. He, I think it was like, he said a couple of things like, hey, sorry about that. And then he stops talking. And right when he stops talking, there's like this whisper that comes in. And it sounded like it said, at first, we thought it said, get Tony. I'm like, whoa, that scares me. Like, <laughs> no, thanks, you know. Uh, and the more I listen to it, and, and people tell me today that they still hear Tony, but I think it's saying Tori. But either way, it, it sounded like it said, like, get Tori or something. And um, yeah, and I asked him about it after the, we were done recording. And he's like, what are you talking about? And I said in the recording, he's like, man, I never heard that. And I was like, wow. <laughs> so, But it's it's that wow factor, you know, when you hear something, you're just like, wow. Now, you mentioned the REM pod. And it's cool that you brought that up, actually, because I've seen those in use. If I'm thinking correctly, it almost looks like a, a, like a little round can with like lights on the top, right? Correct. Yep.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then it just detects that electromagnetic field. So if that gets broken that then an alarm so you got to get relatively close for it to break to get that to go off of and you also have to keep in factors um like certain things will set it off like a walkie talkie you know if you're close by that sometimes the cell phone so we really try to you know when we investigate try to take a scientific approach so even though that REM pod may be going off it's like is anything around here right now causing that you know that type of thing so um, you know, I I believe in the, the validity of the REM card because I've had them use it to answer questions, yes and no questions and things like that. So I th- I think they're a pretty cool device to use.
1: Oh yeah, I, I think so too. And and I've I've seen them in use on videos and stuff and it looks pretty cool. Uh and you know, with a lot of these this equipment and stuff, and I don't know if you know this or not, but um I, I from what I understand, a lot of equipment it isn't like it was necessarily made for, you know, paranormal hunting, but it's used in, in, in paranormal hunting because of the way it operates. It, was the REM pod something specifically created for ghost hunting or was it something that was created for something else and we now use it for that because it's very useful?
0: As far as I know, I've always just known it as ghost hunting. I haven't seen anything where, where such as like the K2 meter, you know, that was obviously that was an electrician device that we kind of brought over and used. Um, I could be wrong though, but as far as I've ever known it to be, I always thought it was a ghost hunting thing.
1: Okay. Yeah. I, the REM pod is something that the first time I saw it, it was on, uh, I think it was a YouTube channel called, uh, the paranormal files with Colin. Uh, I th- yeah, I think it was Colin and, um, you know, it, I was like, "Holy cow!" The thing was going off, and uh, he had said even in the video, he's thinking. You know, he said, "I've never had this thing operate like this before." And it was just like bouncing off the walls, and they had they had doors opening up and stuff, in, in on video, it was just, it was really interesting. When I that was my first time, I think, seeing the REM pod. I was like, "Wow, that's really cool!" So, um, what's your go to uh, piece of equipment that you like using the best? I mean, I'm sure you have a favorite.
0: Oh uh, yeah, my my absolute favorite. And I know a lot of people are you know, not for it, but <clears throat> I love the spirit box that any, any form of it, you know, the SB711, the portal, I have all of those. Um, <clears throat> just because scientifically for me, you can't speak that quickly, um, because it goes from one one hundredth of a second. So you can't speak that quickly. And so when you get that full sentences, um, and then I always get direct answers to my questions. So I don't, I don't necessarily if it's like a yes or no. Not, I mean, I'll it, I'll take it, but I'll also take it with a grain of salt. But when I get a full sentence, or I get swear words, so you can't tell me they said the, the f word on you know, right. <laughs> AM radio as it's scanning. So I and, um, my hands down favorite. Well, gosh, there's so many great spirit boxes, but uh, we actually had done a uh, historical house in Stillwater. We were investigating because. The father had us over because everyone in the house has had experience, and they were, oh, I we just know that this is um, Captain Jenks' house. Now Captain Jenks was the old riverboat captain known for downtown Stillwater, and they moved into his home. So everybody had experiences, but Dad, and he was like, oh, he was like a PhD, MD. He had like you know seven, eight, nine degrees after him. Very, very smart, intelligent man. Didn't believe in ghosts. Explained how the spirit box worked. So he's like, yes, that I agree. I agree with that. That's I, I agree totally. And then I said, whose house is this? And the spirit box said Captain Jenks. So wow. <laughs> <he> just His <laughs> eyes got so big. Um, so I thought that was like a really cool spirit box moment for me. And it was as plain as day, too. It wasn't even where you had to strain for it or anything, you know? Um, so, yeah.
1: You know, um, one of the... I've never used a spirit box. Um, I, I, I'm very foreign to any of this equipment. Uh, but one of the pieces of equipment that I recently saw, not too long, maybe a year or so ago, that I, I was like, "Wow, that's really kind of cool." And maybe you've seen it. I'm not sure. I think it's called an SLS camera or something like that. And it kind of has like a the stick figures that pop up when something's. Oh you
0: know, yeah, yeah. We have one of those. Yeah, we use that. <laughs> like, so so
1: how does that work? How does that work? Is it, it's so like to me? I'm like, how how does it sense something's there and then draw an outline of a stick? figure it's kind of creepy to me
0: yeah it's kind of a a light sensitive thing Um, i'm not sure of the i'm not very uh techie um i do know this is a a big gaming device that gamers use Um, but it should be able to detect with the invisible eye of things that we can't see um that's like human form that we can't see so it makes that stick figure um so we've used it um we had actually at the, I remember it was the first time we used it was at the Hartford city jail and we were trying to explain, you know, um, on camera, you know, this is how it works, you know, and I was, you know, in the jail thing and in the hallway and the, my friends are like, keep going back, keep going back, keep going back. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't like this It's dark back here, you know, <laughs> like, but I could see the camera I could see the SLS screen and all of a sudden you saw the stick figure poke out of the jail cell. Like right behind me, and I'm like, "Screw this!" And I just <laughs> <can't>. <laughs> so, um, But recently, uh, we used it here at the Boyd House, and this was with, uh, other people who have come here. I let investigators come, and they get they get things too. But I had just brought in a Victrola from the 1900s, and so we were playing with that, and I was just like, "Hey, come on in! You know, we got some waltzes going here." Um, let's see, come and dance. And then all of a sudden a figure appeared in the corner and it started dancing and swaying to the beat of the music. And then it disappeared for a bit and then it came and I was like, Oh, you left, you know, we got more to play. And then all of a sudden then it showed up sitting in the chair and you could see it just tapping its hands to the music, which was really cool. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. (laughs) And, and then uh, after that, um, later. So we stopped doing that and then we went off doing something else while well, the camera was still rolling, but now, um, you know, and I even had the lights on at this point point. I went to go get something. And all of a sudden I looked and there's a stick figure standing in front of the Victrola moving around, trying to figure out how to turn it on and get the crank going. Cause I think it wanted more music. <laughs> it was just That's like the craziest unreal. thing.
1: <laughs> Unbelievable. So as you're telling this, I, I, I just stumbled, I, not, not stumbled, but I looked for Boyd house on Facebook here and, uh, I found your page and your the video you're talking about there is a stick figure on this camera dancing it's unbelievable yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I have uh I have it muted obviously but uh I see it it, it looks like it's dancing to like Michael Jackson's Thriller or something <laughs> it's interesting Yeah yep yeah.
0: yeah we try to I try to bring the house it, the house itself was built in 1901 so I'm trying to bring it back to the 1900s um, so we've pretty much put all um, old Victorian furniture for the most part. Um, you know, we've done some wallpapering and, and things like that to make it look old school again. Um, so it's been really fun doing the renovations and stuff.
1: Wow. Uh, another thing I'm seeing here is, uh, tell me about this. Uh, there has to be a story behind it or at least something. Uh, there's a, a video shot here of an empty room and the camera shakes. What happened?
0: Ah, uh, yeah, that's that's down in one of the <clears throat> the basement. It, we we think it's a playroom just because there's some drawings on the wall that some kids have done. So, um, you know, and I've had a lot of things happen in there. I've had a REM pod and stuff, but I, primarily, I don't like that room at all. It's very uninviting and very it makes me very uneasy. And I've had other people get the same feeling. Um, so that particular day, I just had some stuff set up and left the camera rolling. The more upstairs, and then. Bam! Like something just totally shakes that camera. Like you hear, like it's like something bumped into it, and there's nothing down there at all. You know, a lot of people were thinking it was a mouse, or I'm like, it, no, and it would have had to be in a rat. And I know I don't have rats, much less I know I don't have mice here either. So <clears throat> it was just a weird, fluky thing of why you know it it, it was shaken so hard, which was crazy because nobody's down there.
1: Yeah, when, all right, so when was the last time some, like, a family actually lived in this house?
0: Um, well, the people I bought it from, I think had it for 30 years, but it sat vacant for, like, a year um, before I purchased it, so.
1: And you, and you purchased it, what was it, 2010, you said, or something like that?
0: Uh, no, 2010 is when I was investigating, so this was, um uh, we're coming up almost on two years now of me having the house.
1: Okay. And so I'm assuming you live in that area.
0: I live by it, but I don't live that, you know, in the area. Okay. I don't live in the house or anything, but.
1: So, I mean, how often often are you there?
0: It it depends if it's, you know, if I have teams coming in, like I said, I allow people to come in for overnight uh, private investigations. Um, You know, I kind of limits me with my full-time job to just weekends. So whenever it's not booked, I try to get down here.
1: Okay. Okay. it's interesting so when you um bought this house i mean uh I, I'm not real familiar with tons of haunted properties and stuff as far as like like especially like you are uh was is this like a house that was really well known to be haunted nationally or is it something more like locally that you just heard about
0: um actually when it's not like when people sell a house they advertise that it's haunted <laughs> so um basically i was just going to other haunted locations and, and investigating was always then kind of like, Hey, I want to do this too. I want my own haunted place. So trying to just, you know, find a place like that, you know, unless it's already well known. Um, so what I kind of did was just kind of searched for houses in in the certain age range. And, and of course my price range, and I kind of would get a feel for them as i looked through them. And my realtor um, that I was working with knew, what i wanted to do but i was looking for haunted locations um so if i had a for farm i would go and we would do a little mini investigation and we would bring in equipment and and do that kind of thing instead of doing like a normal walkthrough like other people We're trying to see if we can get any, any hits or anything but um we did get the REM pod going off um right away probably within eight minutes of being here that started going off um and we got some good spirit box responses and um You know, the owners said they had some stuff, but they blew it off, um, the previous owners had said, and, um, so I also checked with the psychic medium that I really trust, and she said that there were four spirits here and um, a couple of children and a man, so I kind of took a leap of faith and bought the house, and it's just been crazy ever since, like, I don't think the family before really interacted or they blew stuff off. Have nobody really wanted to talk to these spirits. And now everybody's coming and wanting to talk to us. So we get we get a lot of EVPs and a lot of equipment interaction and and I think just by doing some of the energies, you know, that we do, you know, running spirit boxes and things like that, I think we possibly I'm not saying we have a portal, but I think you sometimes might get some passerby spirits that are like, oh, hey, I'm going to swing by. I hear a spirit box going, you know. Plus, plus, we're right by the railroad, too, so that's got some energy, too.
1: Oh, really? I, I, w- what what about the railroad gives the house energy?
0: Um, It's just got the, the different energy just from the the train tracks going through. It's just the lay of the land, the line, so sometimes like that and like lime is another one that's supposed to give off really good energy. Um, it just seems like a lot of of the um, haunted locations that we've been at, the real good ones, they're like, you you notice they're right by railroad tracks all the time. It's kind of a weird, weird thing.
1: but That's is. interesting. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's really interesting, and it's good to know because, I mean, one thing I like about doing this show is that I get to talk to people and hear their experiences, and just as me, as an individual, hearing all these experiences, uh, over time, I start to notice patterns with certain things, and I—I it really... That For me, at this point of, you know, my career in podcasting, or whatever it is, it, it really kind of gets me excited when I have a moment where I'm like, wait a second, I've heard that like two, three, four times, We've, we're noticing a pattern here. So it's cool that you kind of, you're saying that there's a pattern there when it comes to the energies. Um, when, you, when you bought this house, I mean, I guess, then it wasn't like you, you heard it was haunted. So let's buy it. And hopefully it is kind of thing like you really were sold on it when you went to do that investigation.
0: I mean I, I just it was really drawn to it and I think, you know, I have a little I'm not I don't feel like I'm super psychic, but I feel like I have pretty good intuition in some respects. Not always, but I just had a really good I was just so drawn to the house and then just having those few things happen and then um what I thought was interesting so that the psychic lady that I trust a lot, she said that there's a man who gardens out in the back and the first night that you stay there, you'll hear him come through the door. So first of all, I hadn't bought the house. Now in retrospect, she said the first night I stayed there. So Sherry knew I was going to buy this house. (laughs) So, so, and actually that first night I did, I was all excited and it was getting kind of late. I'm like, gosh, you know, maybe I made a mistake. Maybe, you know, as I walked by the basement door, all of a sudden it was like, bam, 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 like three loud pounds on that door. I was like, okay, you know, and of course I jumped like 10 feet because I was not expecting that, but, um, you know, I tried, I opened the door, you know, I tried to debunk it like, oh, was it airflow? Was it, in? but nothing made the three pounds as you would hear on that, on that door. Um, so that was, that was like my very first experience in the house on the very first night that I stayed here.
1: Wow. Uh, my question is who gardens at night, right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't know. I guess maybe they don't know night or day because I've had um, other people in the neighborhood tell me say, say they see a guy gardening and he disappears into the house. So really, um, yeah, you know. And since you know they're here more watching the place, you know, mostly they see stuff more than I do. They say they'll see they'll see shadows, you know, and people in the windows when they know nobody's here.
1: Have so, you, have you ever looked into the history of the house to maybe see? like i i don't know much about this stuff but um i see on like these television shows sometimes like the host will go down to the the county records to see pull the records of the house to see you know who lived in there have you ever tried piecing together a story as to you know why it's so active or has it just been like something where it's just like there's a lot of energy there because of where the house is located
0: i think i think we have a little combo of both that um so for me it's kind of hard i i have gotten some history so I do have the deed that goes back to 1884. So the land was actually owned by the Pacific and St. Louis Railroad. Um, and then the first caretaker of the land actually committed suicide in Minneapolis. And then eventually it ended up going through different founders of the town that owned parts of the land. And then they eventually parceled off the land. And eventually, um, so the most history that I have, I have a few people that own parcels of the land here. Um, But the important one is like one of the first families that I can trace back to the house, um, even though it was built in 1901, is a family that moved in in 1912. And that was Fred and Minnie Eckert. And they were very well-known townspeople. They both died in the house. We do get Fred's name a lot. We have had a couple people actually have seen Fred in this house. So we know he's still here. Um, but he, he was like one of the, he owned like his own hardware store and then he was part, he was a very good businessman. He also, um, did the firemen. He helped build one of the churches. Um, so a couple of their children had passed away too in the house. Um, so we're not sure if his wife is here. I never get her name, but I do get EVPs of a woman. So I haven't quite figured out who it is. She's really crabby though. That's all I know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so that's that's kind of the main history and then night you know I have a few people here there um, that have lived a couple years here a couple years there. I do know that another German woman has passed away here in the 70s. Um, I get things on the spirit box saying that there's been a stabbing. It's like oh here stab stabbing, find the body. Um, so I haven't found anything out but it, it's hard because you know what happened on this land back in the 1700s I have I have no idea. I probably will never have record of it. But I, the town itself was located very close, right to the Sioux Dakota reservation line. So there could have been a lot of stuff going on way before anything was kept history of that. I'll probably never know about. Yeah. Uh, so it's it, it's it's really kind of an interesting um, history. I mean, we get here at the house a lot of the same names though. So
1: and names we've never heard of. All right, let me talk to you a little bit about our sponsor for this week. It's Green Chef, and I'm really excited about this one because I love to eat. You see, if I'm not working out, I'm gaining weight, and since I've been talking to you guys for the last four years, I haven't been working out, so what do you think? I've been gaining weight because I eat, and I love eating, and I love eating good food, and Green Chef is that company that's going to hook you up with the good good. Green Chef lets you choose from a wide array of easy-to-follow recipes, and it's perfect for keto paleo and plant-based diets or even if you just want to eat healthier green chef is the way to go their recipes are quick and easy with step-by-step instructions chef tips and photos to guide you along so you don't even have to be able to read real good you can just look at the pictures and figure it out there's a diverse array of meal plans with plenty of options to choose from each week and you know what best of all You can skip the grocery store and skip the grocery store lines and all those lines of people having toilet paper and nothing else in their carts. No more. Have Green Chef come to your house with these ingredients that come pre-measured, perfectly portioned, and mostly prepped. Mostly. You still got to do something. This only takes about 25 to 30 minutes mostly, and you're good to go. These things are slammed with flavor. I couldn't believe it. My absolute favorite was the mozzarella chicken and linguine and the Memphis-style beef meatballs. I'm telling you, when I put both those meals in my mouth, my head exploded with flavor. I like that. I felt like I was going to a restaurant because we can't go to restaurants anymore. At least I can't. I'm in Communist, Pennsylvania, so I can't go into a restaurant and have that good good, but I can have the good good at home. My wife is a great cook. She used these recipes, and she hit home runs. Listen. Green Chef is a USDA certified organic company. And like I said, it includes recipes for paleo, keto, and plant powered diets. Go to slash Tony80 and use code Tony80 to get $80 off, including free shipping. I'm telling you, this is a great deal. It comes to your house, it's great food, tastes amazing. I'm excited about it. I can't wait to my next order, and you shouldn't either. Go to greenchef.com/slash Tony80 right now. Use the code Tony80 to get $80 off, including free shipping. guys are doing I find really interesting because you know a lot of times you you see these these paranormal investigating groups and stuff and they go to a location they they stake it out for a night, two nights, three nights and then they you know move along and really in the grand scheme of time you you're just getting a little tiny snippet of of that property and the fact that you guys are you bought the property, you heavily investigate it continually and you allow other people to do the same thing uh, it, it seems like that's probably the best way to go about Investigating a property for the long term because you're just going to get the repetition repetition of like names, like you said, and things like that. It just really seems like that's a good way to go about it. If you can, uh, was this house because did you say that it was advertised as haunted? Is that what you said?
0: No, no, it wasn't. I just okay. I just had a feeling feeling about it, and then just kind of move forward with those with those different things. But like you were were saying to um, having other people come in validating, you know, some of the stuff, but I've also taken some of the stuff that they do, um, and use it. It's like, I'll come in and say, oh, uh, so-and-so showed me, uh, the video of you guys touching that stuff. That was really cool. I, I really appreciate it. Um, you know, it's kind of going on and I've got a little kid, uh, whispering back, like they showed her, you know? Um, so that was, that was kind of a, a really good thing. So I'll, I'll, I'll take that. Um, one time th- there was a medium upstairs that she said that the lady didn't like the way the furniture was set in the room. And so I would come and then say, Hey, I'm sorry that I have the furniture, not the way you like it. If you tell me how you want it, <laughs> you know, so I'll, I'll use, I use things like that. So it, it, I think it helps too with the investigating as well. And every, you know, I think we're all learning from each other, you know, which is, I think a really good thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, teamwork makes a dream work, right? So uh, (laughs) it it, it definitely makes sense. Now you mentioned about, I think you said it was like an EVP or something that you got where it said, find the body. Is that right?
0: That was on a spirit box. It said, find the body. Yeah. So it wasn't, it wasn't an EVP.
1: Is that like a one-time thing that happened? Because I mean, my ears perked up when you said that I'm like, find the body. Have you tried finding a body? Would you even know where to look?
0: (laughs) Uh, You know, I don't know. I mean, who knows? It could be anything buried under here. We have no idea. So, um, you know, I haven't found anything myself on history as far as like, you know, death, murders or anything. Um, But that doesn't mean it didn't happen. You
1: know, so so what's the what's the goal here with the house, as far as you're concerned? Is it just to investigate? Because uh, I know sometimes people th- their goal with paranormal investigation is to help spirits move on to to ease the property into just a subtle existence. Uh, is that a goal of yours? Or are you more like not really interested in trying to necessarily help anything as much as it is just to to learn from the environment? And and if if that's the case, would you be upset if the environment went dead?
0: I, I kind of use it as a learning experience, and that's kind of when I bought the house. Uh, I feel like if they wanted to move on, they would ask for help. I would get that more. You know, I, I feel like the ones that are here are happy. They're content to be here. Um, most of the investigators that come in, too are respectful, so that helps a lot, um, I, think, I think, in the long run. So, um, not really in it, it, a lot of people think it's to make the money, but basically it's what I bring in covers the bills and helps me restore the building and keep it up and running. Um, and yeah, I probably would be really sad, you know, if, you know, if they moved on because I like learning from them and, and I feel kind of attached to them because I know a lot about their life now, uh, Except, you know, especially the Eckert's I'm, I'm I find different things about them. Um, so I kind of feel like they're kind of an extended family in a weird way, (laughs) but you know, (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, I think I would be really sad if they, if they left.
1: Yeah. And I can understand that where you're coming from. Uh, now I know you've seen things, you've heard things, things have happened in the house. So let's get into some of this stuff. Um, you know, you mentioned about, uh, seeing shadows now, is it something that's a regular thing that you see in the house or other people do, or is it more random?
0: Uh I myself have not seen the shadow. So I have had another group, um, I think it's like Knops is their their initials. Um, and you'll you'll can find their videos on the Facebook page. Um, they actually caught two shadow figures running through the kitchen. Um, so it's like it was really quick, like one was taller than the other. So it was like to me it kind of looked maybe like a like a teenager followed by a, a smaller, maybe a ten year old kinda. Like running really quick through the kitchen, but I've had other people also say they've seen shadows running through the kitchen. And a lot of people will see figures on the stairwell. <clears throat> and my husband actually saw a young girl standing on the stairwell. He was bringing some stuff in and he just happened to look up and real quick, he just kind of saw her standing at the banister looking at him and then she disappeared real fast.
1: Interesting. Uh, so let me ask you this. I wanted to ask you this earlier and I forgot. Uh, you mentioned about how you know, you had that experience when you were a kid and it kind of got you interested. And then as an adult, you're seeing people actually doing this, like going to places investigating. So you got into it. Uh, At what point did your husband come on board with this? Was he always just like you with the fascination of the paranormal? Or was it like something where you're like, I'm going to do this and you can come with me too. And then eventually he did it.
0: Well, he really doesn't, it was kind of, he's very sweet. He has really got an interest in the paranormal. He, He thinks it's cool like when i show him stuff like you know when i capture things um but when we're he just kind of comes along here to the house because there's lots of things that i need him to do (laughs) um so so like one thing you didn't count on when you own a haunted house is that you have to do work around the house you don't get to just show up and go home um so he he's busy doing that but he will investigate with me in the evening um it's not his thing. He just, he's just pretty much there, um, just to be supportive. Um, so I really appreciate that from him.
1: That's really cool. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I, now with that said, um, does he ever get scared or anything with this kind of stuff? Uh, and uh, that actually is a double sided question. Cause uh, do you ever get scared? I mean, uh, I, for me personally, I I think if I pursued paranormal hunting and and ghost hunting like that, I I think I'd find myself in in plenty of situations where I my my feet and fingers would be ice cold, you know?
0: Yeah. I think uh for me, well he doesn't he doesn't get scared at all. He just like when we have stuff happening around here, he's just like, "Oh, what is that?" you know, and he's just all calm and cool about it. So that's good, but um there there's been times where I've been creeped out. Um, usually it's like asylum when we're there and I don't like to to be by myself. Um, there's there's just been other houses. Gosh, I can't even think of the name, but it was in Ohio and it's, I'm drawing a blank on it, but um, it's, it's really famous. And I had gone off by the servants' quarters and there was just something about that. Like I get all brave, like, I'm going to go off by myself and I don't get very far. I'm like, and I'm coming back. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, Yeah, I don't like to be by myself.
1: First day. <laughs> yeah, I I totally get it, and I mean, because I don't know. I mean, I think about that kind of stuff. I mean, I, I I'm not a, a paranormal investigator, but I think, man, like I, I I don't know if I'd want to because I I I think I'd get scared a lot, and if I got scared a lot, I'd probably stop doing the show because I don't want to hear these stories anymore. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, that's kind of like um, you know an underlying reason why I don't watch uh, horror movies and stuff because. I listen to people's stories on a weekly basis and I don't want to have images in my head from a scary movie. I just watched freaking me out during the interview. It's just, it's not my thing. I think, I don't think the show would have lasted very long if I was into watching scary movies and stuff, because, uh, I, I think, um, ignorance is bliss, you know? So <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's nice on my end. I get to call people, say hi and, uh, hear your stories. And when I'm done, it's like, there's, it, there's a disconnect there. I'm not, you know, uh, already freaked out from some kind of creepy thing I've seen on TV or something.
0: I think, I think what the scary part is, is like, so if we're getting like equipment and action, like, Hey, the REM pods going off or things like that. I feel like that's not as scary because I, I'm, I'm asking it to do that for the most part. Um, so it's okay. I think it's more the, we've had some of the unexpected things. Like you're not expecting to get um, your shirt tugged on or to get pushed or um, something come flying at you. Uh, things like that, I think is what kind of freaks me out a little bit more than when they, when the equipment goes off, because we're kind of weird when the equipment goes off, we usually run to it or clap or get all excited. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, we've, I've had one of my investigators thrown across the room before. So that, that's oh, kinda, that, that was right. really freaky.
1: <laughs> Let's listen, pause. Okay. <laughs> we're, we're stopping everything at this point. I need you to tell me the story. What the heck happened there? Uh, somebody got thrown across the room. I got to hear about it.
0: Yeah. So we were at um, Whispers Estates in Mitchell, Indiana, very well known pretty much for a lot of evilly bad type situations. The, the doctor there did some bad things to his patients. buried a lot in the backyard. So it's, it's and a lot of death in the house, So it's got a lot of negative energy to that house. Um, so we were having stuff just from the get-go, like, uh, like you constantly felt like there was cobwebs on your face. Like all of us were like constantly wiping our faces, like, and it was so irritating. Um, and it was just, just this energy that was in the house. And there's a closet that's upstairs that's called Virgil's closet. and He was like the caretaker. And on the day of his retirement, he dropped dead right in front of that closet. And so ever since then, that house has had people getting scratched in the closet, people getting locked in the closet when it's one of those locks that lock from the outside that you have to push up, slide over, and slide back down. So they can't figure out how people are even getting locked in. <laughs> um, so just just a lot of negatives with the closet. In fact, the owners were like, we won't even come up here if those are open. <laughs> so, so, of course, we had to sit in the closet. And... <laughs> um, <laughs> So uh, while we were in there, I just got this like doom feeling in the closet and like there's a man's voice in my head that said, get out of this closet. So I thought, well, I should probably get out of the closet. And it's like a big walk-in closet, so it's not like a tiny one. And uh, Teresa was sitting in a chair way in the back at the very end of the closet. And so I step out of the closet. I don't bother to tell her, you know, that's what I just heard. because I was just thinking, oh, it's in my head, Right. And then at the same time, we had the spirit box running that said, shut this door. So we didn't do that either. So I guess he didn't like that. And next thing you know, Teresa comes flying out, flew about four and a half feet out of that closet, onto her hands and knees, out of there, because something pushed her. Like, she was, yeah, it was crazy.
1: Did she get scared in that moment where like she contemplated not doing this kind of stuff anymore or was it just like ah it's just part of the job?
0: Um, well, no, she was she was really upset uh with the with the because she's never felt you know, we tried to say, Hey, did you tip out? she's like if I tipped on the chair I would just fell right here. It didn't fly four feet across the room <laughs> with the chair. Um, she's like, somebody literally pushed me so hard and she was just so shaken. Um, we ended up, you know, shutting the door, locking, you know, basically yelling at the ghost. Don't you ever do that? Um, we did have to take her out of the house for a little while to calm her down. Um, she did, she did face her fear and she went, um, back out. We shouldn't go in the closet, but we went and stood outside the closet. So, um, but she was, she was pretty shaken up about that, but we, we always, we always call Teresa our paranormal punching bag because she is the one who always gets scratched or pushed or something. It's always with her. Um, so
1: it's just kind of her thing. Poor Teresa. Oh my gosh. Like, I think if you took me out of the house, you'd also have to be changing my pants too, because I'd be done for the night. Like, I I mean, so, I mean, one of the popular things that people talk about when it comes to, you know, the physical, let's just call it harm. I mean, being pushed and shoved like that. There's obviously, to me, at least the way I perceive it is there's some type of malicious intent, whether it's protective or it's just outright nastiness. Um, do you, do you guys ever uh, come across the experiences of people getting like scratched and stuff? Because I know that's like a a, a very common thing when it comes, when people are talking about paranormal investigating and having bodily harm, a lot of times the, the idea of being scratched comes up.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I've been scratched too. And I, especially portraits is always getting scratched. Um, but sometimes I don't think it's always a, a malicious thing. I think sometimes it's an attention getter. Like you're, you're walking by and they're like, Hey, You know, and it's kind of just a reach out and then they scratch you. Um, You know, but there are people that say just the three is more of an evil marking and and well. So I guess it's all in what you believe and what your intention is. I guess if I was at, like, say, my house and I got scratched here, I would think it was more intention because we don't really have any history of anything negative energy being here. But if you were, say, at Whispers Estate and you got scratched, which a lot of people do. And I think Teresa did actually, she did. Um, now I'm thinking about it. She did on our walkthrough, <laughs> she got scratched. Um, so she was already targeted for the day. Um, so I think that's more of a malicious intent when you're at places that have that type of energy.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I always say, you know, when it comes to this kind of stuff, hearing people's stories and stuff, what you have to, what people have to understand is that, uh, Everybody's an individual and they have their own perspectives on this stuff. They have their own worldviews that they take into experiences, whether they're atheists, they're theists, they're whatever. And so I really believe that what you believe and how the world operates and the the other side of whatever we're on is, uh, I, I think that dictates on how people view their experiences when it comes to the paranormal. So uh, you know, some pe that's why some people are irrationally scared of everything involving paranormal. And some people, you know, they're like, I want more of that, almost like a rush, you know.
0: Yeah, and I think I think Hollywood's done a lot for that, though, too. Um, you know, you take some of the movies, uh, you know, Conjuring and things like that, um, which are super cool movies. But in the real paranormal world, it's not quite like that. <laughs> so, you know, I think I think a lot of people get in their mind all, you know, because they'll tell me, "Oh my gosh, how do you do ghost hunting? You know, how do you how do you do that? It's so freaky." I'm like, "Well, really, you." spend a lot of time in the dark just saying hello So
1: it's like, you know, <laughs> talking to yourself
0: you just, yeah you just wait for it so i always say it's not like how hollywood is you know hollywood's hollywood and reality is reality
1: so <laughs> yeah i totally get it so uh the boyd house i know you mentioned uh that there there were objects moving footsteps things like that uh now we talked about the camera moving was there any other situations where it was clear like that actually moved and did it somebody see it with their eyes or was a camera or what?
0: Um, I have had people say that they'll hear things rolling around upstairs, which, you know, we have balls and stuff for the kids. So, um, how they just randomly just start moving on their own up there. Um, so we've had, we have also like a bear that if you touch it, it plays music. And this is, You know, again, that's not a paranormal thing. That's just, you know, one of them kid toys you just buy at the store that if it gets touched, it'll start playing music. So that'll just randomly go off on its own. We've had um, some people had a red ball on the stairwell and it kept getting thrown down the stairs like two or three times. And they tried to debunk it. Like they actually put the ball on the stairs and ran up and down next to it um, because I have a split staircase. So you can go up one way or you can go up the other way. So like one comes through the kitchen, one comes through the living room. I don't know. Maybe there could have been some servants quarters here back in the day. I'm not sure, but, um, yeah, they couldn't get the ball to, to come down the stairs. They couldn't figure out how it was getting thrown down. Um, I'm trying to think if I've ever, I don't think I've seen anything move. I mean, I've heard footsteps and pounding. Uh, I do know one morning at 7:30 we got woken up. I had a, and I know this is kind of a funny story. We had stopped at the antique shop and I bought this picture. And I put it up in the bedroom. And I, and when I stay here, I sleep in the, the bedroom that nobody... That the, I know that Spirit doesn't like anybody in there. She's really crabby. Um, but I put the picture up, and I got home, and I listened to the EVPs because I said, I hope you like the picture. And she said, I don't like it. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but that morning, we heard... It was like 7.30. It was so loud. We heard like three knocks like coming from that wall. Like almost like she wanted it off or something, and it just you know both me and husband just like jolted up like Whoa, whoa, whoa what's going on you know so it's like and I'm like did you just hear that he's like yeah. <laughs> So now that I heard that, I'm like, I don't think she likes the picture.
1: <laughs> wow. I, and I was going to ask you about knocking and stuff. Is that something that's common in the house? Because I know you mentioned that. And it's like, to me, when I hear the idea of knocking, is it something that is very random or is it more intentional? Is it almost like, you know, rhythmic, rhythmic or something like that?
0: It, it's, it's intentional because it's always three. So like sometimes if you just hear one, you could be like, well, you know, that could be a pipe. That could be, you could, you can put that off onto anything cold weather uh but when you get three boom boom booms you know to me that that's a that's an intentional hey i want you to know i'm here
1: uh, so when you hear the three boom 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 and you hear the three scratches and you mentioned about how some people say that's more you know people believe that that could be something more evil uh do, do you ever look into uh, or uh, you know, do you have any information to share as far as like when it comes to the number three uh, and the paranormal, why people would be so uh, drawn to the idea that, you know, to like recognize three. I mean, is it something that just happens a lot and people start connecting dots or is there something more informative behind it that that why, that's why people, you know, look at the number three as something more um, obvious to look into? Well,
0: I'm, I know there's some sort of superstitional thing about it. I know they say a lot like things come in threes. Um, you know, and I don't know what the evil superstition behind that is. I just kind of feel like not necessarily evil on the three knockings. I think that's just their way of, of making sure that they, you, you know, know it's one, two, three. Most people ask for three knocks anyway. Um, but also maybe they run out of energy after two or three or four, you know, uh, you know, cause everything that they do takes a lot of energy. And if they don't have enough energy, they can't do things. They can't manifest. They can't, you know, move stuff.
1: Right. So, I mean, when it comes to like the energy and stuff, I mean, um, there are some things where, you know, like a ball rolls down the stairs, I imagine would take less energy maybe than reaching out and throwing somebody, you know, four feet like Teresa. Uh, Do you ever wonder where, like what, what, kind of makes the differences in energy i mean it's just literally like the the night of the year kind of thing they get more energy on certain nights or is there something that is going on that allows them to draw more energy
0: well i think they get a lot of their energies where they can get it from electronics but a lot of times they can get it from you too because we're all made out of electromagnetic energy um and i think you know certain groups or certain people who get together create some sort of different type energy that's why you may find um you know, like I even find with my groups, if I don't have a certain person, it might not be as active that day. Um, but I think it also depends on the, on the spirits, too. If they don't really, you know, we, we, we don't control them. They're their own entity. So if they don't feel like, I wouldn't even say performing, but if they don't feel like talking to you, they're not going to. You know, so it could also be uh, your team, too, if you're, if you're uh, an aggressive type team where you're like, I said show yourself. If I was a ghost, I'd be like, I, I really don't want to hang out with you. So I think it, it just the, the energy that uh, how people do it and how they investigate, maybe their techniques. You know, I think I think there's a lot of variance on on the energy and, and what you bring to the team. And you know, if it's storming out, they say there's another one where the the lightning and the ems and everything in the air help, you know, create more energy too. So um, yeah, there's just a lot of different factors. I think.
1: So you bring that up about the the angry investigator, and I, I wonder about that sometimes. Like, how does would a you know spirit or something react to that? Uh, for them to do that, uh, do you think that? there is a better way to investigate than other ways or do you think they all have merit to themselves where you know it all depends on what you're looking to get out of the situation uh because you you do you see some paranormal investigators like they they kind of have a an angry attitude when they do investigating to kind and i guess the idea behind that is to rile the spirit up to for them to be like all right i'll show you something uh but do you think that's more effective or less effective than other ways
0: I think, I think every group has their, their each way that they'd like to investigate for, um, and that may work for them, but for us, we kind of found um, mainly doing a lot through more respect. Um, a lot of times, you know, it's just a lot of, you know, we're very, we're very respectful about the questions we ask. A lot of times we know how they died, so nobody really wants to talk about your death, so we try to avoid that kind of question. Um, So I just, I kind of feel like we, I mean, we have done some things where we're like, you know, we weren't super aggressive, but then we kind of didn't get anything Um, where we were, I guess you would say more demanding. Um, So I think if you're more that way, like, you know, do this or do that um, kind of attitude, I don't think they like that. I guess they kind of like to treat it as if they were in the room with us and it would be the same way that I would treat you in person. you know, how I would treat a a live person is the same way we're going to treat, um, someone who's deceased as well. And I I think we get a lot of, uh, of respect with that. And we also try to relate. So like, if it's kids, we actually get down there and we, we actually play with the toys and we read books and we sing and we dance. And, you know, if it's, you know, adults, we try to figure out what, you know, what were they into, you know, um, you know, like I would say here, like, I know the, um, Eckert's were really known for their baloney and stuff. And so, like, sometimes I'll bring them baloney and say, I know it's not like your baloney, you know, that kind of stuff. You know, Um, so just just a lot of respectful things, you know, if you, if you, you know, like I said, when you're going to places just one time, you don't really have that opportunity um, to, if you hear that they want something to bring, bring them gifts per se. So, I do that a lot here at the Boyd House, but I was able to do that at Bellisca because we had gotten, um, one of the little boys said that he loved bacon and I said, okay, well, if I ever come back, I'll bring you bacon. Well, we did make a return visit like four years later and I had bought, um, just the bacon jerky or whatever. So I brought that and I put it in the kitchen. I put it in a pan that was attached to something that's kind of like a REM pod. So if the pan gets touched, it alarms. And, uh, so I put the bacon in there and I said, Hey, I don't know if you remember, but you told me I'll bring you bacon, you know, if I ever came back. So here's your bacon. And I'm kidding you within like 10 minutes, that thing started alarming. It was crazy.
1: <laughs> wow. That, well, I, apparently he remembered. So
0: <laughs> I guess. Well, who wouldn't come down for bacon regardless? Oh, I mean, yeah. you know,
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm all, I'm all about that action. So, um, so winding things down here, I want to ask you this, um, whether it's the, the Boyd house or something else, um, is there an experience that you're hunting for? Like, is there a Holy grail experience in your mind that you're like, man, if I could, if I could approve that or see that or experience that I'll die a happy lady.
0: I would like to see a full on apparition because I've never actually seen one, you know, where, where people like look at it and it's transparent, but like, it's like actually looking at a person. I would like to see something like that because I've seen like shadows go by in other locations, but I've never seen a full-on, as you say, ghostly apparition. And that's like the one thing I would love to just be sometime in my career. Just because I think, because to me, that'd be like the ultimate. And I always say, I don't know how I'd react. I like always tell my team, like, I don't know if I'd freak out. I don't know if I'd be like, oh my God, this is super cool. I said, because it, it's going to happen in a blink of uh, an eye. So I'm like, I, I don't know what i do, but I, I would love to just have that
1: experience. You know, I, I like hearing you say that you don't know how you'd react because uh, I, I think that's true for so many people. And I, I when you talk to people about this kind of stuff, sometimes people can get a little bit of an ego like, oh, I would do this and that. And it's like, I don't know. Like, I, I think... It, it, if you're being honest with yourself, you, you really don't know how you're going to react to something until it actually happens to you. And that's why I, I, I really try to just um, be very graceful with people's experiences and stuff when it comes to how they react to it, because everybody's different and you don't know how you're going to react to something until that actually happens to you. And then all of a sudden you're faced with it. And some people, they're terrified and some people are like, oh, that was actually pretty cool, you know? So... <laughs> Right, right. So uh, before we get out of here, though, I want to give you another chance. Let people know where they can find your group, uh, the, the Boyd House, all that stuff. And maybe there's people here that are listening that would really like to investigate. And how do they get a hold of you?
0: Uh, yeah, what you can do is uh, if you can hit us up on Facebook under the Boyd House um, or St. Croix Paranormal, you can private message us that way. Um, otherwise, our email for Boyd House is boydhouse217 at yahoo.com. Or you can visit our paranormal website, St. Croix, which is S-T-C-R-O-I-X, paranormal.com. And that'll give you a link to us as well. Um, and yeah, we can kind of go from there as far as getting any private overnight set up for you.
1: Do you accept pretty much anybody? or Is there like an interview process for you on your end?
0: Nope, nope. Just, uh, what we do is it's 175 a night for up to eight people. Um, and you get the house from 3 p.m. till noon the next day. Um completely private. Nobody else is here. You have the whole house to yourself. So there are some rules and a waiver form you need to sign. But other than that, you're on your own.
1: That sounds like a golden ticket to me. Thanks for being here.
0: Yeah. Thanks for having me, Tony. It was great.
1: Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, please share the show with your friends. I don't care where you share the show or how you share the show, but if you enjoyed it, please Share the show with your friends. That's the best thing you could do to help the show grow is just to share it around with people that you know. And until next week, friends, stay safe, take care, and remember, the truth will set you free, but first, it'll piss you off. Bye.